What is up, guys? We are back again with another episode of the podcast. And today we are without Gary. So these are usually the better ones. People, I think, generally tend to enjoy when Gary's not here. He obviously, you know, he just brings the mood down. He brings the vibe down. But we have replaced him with someone who actually knows what they're talking about in regards to all of this uh, female health stuff. It is, you know, our resident doctor, Dr. Nicola. And how are you, Nicola? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back on. And we missed you for the last like I think it was like two weeks that you were you were off. You were you were sick. Yeah, I think you were traveling one of the weeks. Like it just wasn't great, you know. But look, we're here. You're here now. And uh, today we are talking about uh, we the last two episodes we've basically been talking about the in and in and around pregnancy sort of stuff, right? We're talking about nutrition, training, and we've kind of touched on this section a little bit it's the postpartum section or the like after pregnancy uh stuff and um, but we wanted to just keep it all in one episode so even though we've covered some of the nutrition related stuff we're going to do a little quick recap on that just make a few notes we won't go too in-depth with that we haven't really covered the training side of things in this kind of postpartum period and i think that's where there are a lot more questions, right? And the reason for that is probably because, you know, if you got through the pregnancy, you kind of probably have your nutrition somewhat dialed in. You kind of think like, okay, I've already prepared for pregnancy or like before the pregnancy and during the pregnancy, I've been looking at the nutrition. I've been following the guidelines because I think nowadays most people are aware that nutrition plays a role in like, you know, brain development for children, fetal development overall. And people are more aware of that and people know, oh, I shouldn't be eating certain foods. Let me just look up what those foods are, right? And and a lot of those things kind of extend into the postpartum period. And again, we'll we'll touch on them now in a second. But with training, it's completely different. You know, you might have started managing your training. You might have started understanding what to do with my training throughout the pregnancy. Like you listen to the last episode and you go, okay, there's a few different sections here. We might change this. We might think about this. But after the pregnancy, it's not like it just goes straight back to where you were before the pregnancy. It's not like, oh, well, I knew how to train before pregnancy. Therefore, I know how to train in the postpartum period. It's more like, okay, you just went through an event, potentially very traumatic event. And yeah, okay, cool. You you get a child at the end of it, which is great. We all love that. Uh, But it was still a traumatic, potentially, uh, event for you. And we have to change how we approach training. However, there are also some, you know, relatively poor, or there is also some relatively poor advice out there as well. So we kind of have to, you know, see, see what's what and actually look into what makes sense, both from a theoretical standpoint and then actually like in the real world, what makes sense, right? So Nicola, I suppose we'll just start with nutrition and, and then we'll, we'll kick the topic off, you know, with the training side of things. Um, but where do we start with this, right? With the, the postpartum period, you know, you just, just had the baby. Where should we, start? what should we be thinking? So like you're saying, for, for a lot of women, they were probably, you know, if, if they're wondering about postpartum nutrition, they've probably been tracking their nutrition, you know, pre-pregnancy, at least during pregnancy. So they already probably have a pretty good um, handle on it. Um, I suppose one, one of the biggest things for, Um, postpartum is that you are still kind of recovering from this hugely you know physically demanding event you're now you're still trying to provide for you know another another human if if you're breastfeeding Um, and you're also probably a lot more active you know you're kind of you know picking a baby up you're you know probably wheeling them around whatever whatever people usually do with their babies (laughs) postpartum so there's a a lot more energy expenditure and and particularly for women um, who um, are able to to breastfeed so you know as opposed to um, you know kind of early on in pregnancy where you're not seeing that kind of huge increase in calories if you are someone who is is breastfeeding you are looking at having kind of three to five hundred more calories per day um, just to again provide that energy for the baby um, so the, the same kind of rules apply you're looking for you know nutrient dense foods um, you know there are some other um, kind of specific considerations that you're looking for you're looking for a bit of an increase in, in protein generally around about kind of 11 grams extra per day and um, particularly around that kind of in and around kind of six months it decreases a little bit after that for another um, three months again not a huge difference you know you're talking about 
um, you know, like half a piece of salmon nearly, you know, um, you know, on top of that, you're looking for a little bit of an increase in your, you know, kind of omega-3 um, requirement as well, like you were saying for brain development. So that's kind of one, one of the main considerations is particularly for, for breastfeeding women, um, for women that are recovering even from, um, you know, C-sections, um, you are looking to facilitate that, that recovery. Um, secondly as well when you think about breastfeeding kind of what we know is that um um babies that are exposed to a wide range of foods um, through their mothers through breastfeeding um, it can kind of develop their taste palates kind of later on in life so if the mother has more of a varied diet um, it's more likely um, that that baby then when they grow up will have that same kind of again it may be a different taste in 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 the palate as well so that is something else to to consider but i do think the the recovery element is particularly important um and i know that we'll we'll talk about later about you know trying to kind of get your body back or kind of you know bounce back and and really that this 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 period um you know the emphasis not that it shouldn't be on trying to get your body back but trying to kind of try and take that that stress away from women um and trying to focus on recovery trying to focus focus on you and trying to focus on, on, on the baby. Yeah. Like the way I always think of it is we basically, as a human species, we basically go, Oh, nine months. That's the, the time period of a pregnancy where we can still get the baby out, but that doesn't mean that the baby is fully developed. You know, like ideally a pregnancy would probably be like two to three years. Like think about like an actual child, like obviously again, it's hard to think about it because we've evolved like this but like an actual child's like brain development etc like we'd ideally probably like to have a pregnancy for two to three years now i say we ideally like obviously look all the all the previously pregnant women in here going two to three years pregnant hell no (laughs) but in terms of our actual like brain development the development of the, the the child and stuff two to three years would be fantastic you know so we're kind of in this time period where you need to be thinking beyond just, oh, I've had the pregnancy for the last nine months. After that, it's not the, the child. Like you basically are still developing the child. And especially if you are breastfeeding, obviously, look, you are, you're, you are the sustenance for the child, you know? So you need to be thinking like, oh, this is actually part of the pregnancy. You know, would I be dieting during pregnancy? For most people, no, obviously some people, they, they may need to do that, but most people are going to be on, okay, well, I actually need to ensure that I'm well-nourished and I'm well-fed during the pregnancy because I'm effectively growing another human. But in the postpartum period, if you're breastfeeding, especially, you are still growing another human. So while it is a very common thing to think like, oh, I, I need to get my you know pre-pregnancy body back and all that kind of stuff, it's not necessarily the most beneficial thing for the child. Now, of course, look, you have to you know weigh the you know i was going to say pros and cons is not the right word but the way the, the situation out here and go like you might actually really dislike the way you look you might be actually in a very poor position in terms of your own mental health um, and you might have some sort of like postpartum depression on top of that and you know getting your your pre-pregnancy body back may actually be like a, an act of self-care you know now again that's there's pathological ways that you can go down in that thinking or whatever but again we're not going to rule out say like oh fat loss or you know thinking getting your pre-pregnancy body back is a completely off the table it's a bad thing to be thinking don't ever think that that's not the case right but for the vast majority of people what we're really thinking or at least you know if we're looking at the, the like research we should be thinking we need to be well nourished we need to make sure that we are well fueled because even if you're not pre- or, uh, breastfeeding you're still looking after the child. You still have to do all of the things around looking after the child. And, um, you know, you might have a, a partner or a social support network that's able to take some of that burden, but realistically, and it, it's not just a societal thing. It's a, you know, a, a human thing. Realistically, like it's the mother that the child wants for at least the first three to six months after pregnancy. You know, if you ever like if you, any, like, you know, sisters, aunts, whatever, that have children, like people in your close circle, your close family or whatever that have children, like that child doesn't want to be held by other people. They might go, yeah, okay, like, yeah, like rock the child or whatever, grand, but they really just want their mother. <laughs> that's that's all they want, you know? Um, so, go on. 
no no absolutely and, and that's the thing you know it's it's in no way um you know shameful to be wanting you know weight loss like you mm-hmm. know post-pregnancy or anything like that and there are situations where maybe it's appropriate um you know to to be working towards that again it, it completely depends on the individual but it, you know it is important to highlight that you know there is kind of an overemphasis and you see this in women's magazines you know it's like how to you know this celebrities out for a run two weeks post you know post baby and look how they look um, and, and sometimes that can be the narrative that that plays out so I suppose it's not feeling shameful if, if that's something that you that you're working towards but not having the the pressure on yourself because one thing that I like to think about it is is that someone who's um recovering from surgery um recovering from any kind of surgery or you know anything in hospital you're not um kind of uh you know telling them to be on a, a calorie restricted diet or um anything like that would be kind of you know an insane thing to do like if you think about Gary after his surgery um he was you know bringing in his protein shakes and he you know he was trying to optimize his recovery um but sometimes postpartum um you know like we were saying kind of with c-sections or if someone has an episiotomy that sort of thing they can go straight towards okay the baby's gone now so I need to I need to lose this weight that I put on but the same wouldn't apply for for if you were to have any other kind of a surgery yeah and even if you don't think of it in terms of like a a surgical thing like if you were like an MMA athlete or something you know I just had a fight you know it's a traumatic experience for your body you've literally experienced some trauma you wouldn't just go in the the post-fight period and go you know what actually I'm just going to treat my body like crap here and that's going to lead it to feeling better that's going to lead it to uh you know recovering quicker no you'd be like okay i actually need to respect the fact that i've been through a traumatic experience in terms of like a fight you know i've been beaten up here or whatever so i need to make sure that i'm feeding myself well i'm not going to this like calorie restrictive diet i'm not doing any of these different things and it's effectively somewhat similar with you know pregnancy like the, your internal organs have been moved around pushed around or whatever and like that's that's fine like i it always freaks me out when you see like a, <laughs> yeah i mean it's fine in terms of a, a physiological thing because like i always see it, it always freaks me out when uh like you see like surgery of like well, you'll see it perhaps but uh you know they cut open the the abdomen and then when they're putting stuff back they basically just throw it back in like the intestines are just like yeah just lash them back in there and then they find their way back to where they should be you know and so it's not like it's a, a huge huge oh my god you know your organs and stuff have been pushed around however from a personal perspective like you're probably gonna feel that you're probably gonna feel your internal organs moving around doing all different things and again you want to respect that your body has just gone through something for nine months and you want to make sure that you are respecting that after the fact and recovering from that and usually we would never recommend in 99 of the time we would never recommend oh yeah for better recovery you should be in a calorie deficit. No, like we, we don't recommend that. We'd be like, right, you need to be at calorie maintenance at the very least. And probably we want a little bit of extra calories in here, you know? Um, and it's the same when we're saying about like our oh, breastfeeding. Again, you need to be thinking you're basically growing a child. You are the food source. So again, it can be somewhat incorrect thinking in terms of, oh, I'm eating for two, but you're basically growing that child and you should almost consider it like if you were trying to build muscle or something you're like oh i need to be in a calorie surplus i need to be in about a 300 to 500 calorie surplus to build muscle and that's effectively what that child needs as well so yeah we need to be just thinking what's actually going on sorry come no, no, absolutely. And and, and I, I, I think going back to the, the taste preference thing with, with breastfeeding, I think is, you know, an incredibly interesting, mm. you know, kind of point in research. Unfortunately, not not every woman is in a position where they can breastfeed. Um, but well, that's- we were saying in the, I think it was the last one, like, or no, maybe it was two years ago, like myself and Gary, neither of us were breastfed, you know, yeah. so it's like yeah. not always possible. Or again, especially in, in Ireland previously, like it was always, uh, well, for the last, like whatever, 30, 40 years, uh, before like it was like oh uh like it wasn't that the breast is best which is now the current like kind of messaging um, and yeah. which can obviously be you know taken to an extreme or whatever but it was like oh yeah here's formula this is better for your child yeah, yeah. 
there's incredibly low um, breastfeeding rates in Ireland, which is, you know, I mean, insane. There's a plethora of benefits, you know, I mean, that that's quite, you know, the taste preference is quite a, you know, a small one in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, and we're talking about kind of just health of the baby and nutrients, but also, you know, if you're thinking about that kind of, you know, postpartum body, it, you know, it, it does help you kind of, um, you know, lose some weight, does help you kind of, you know, regain, um, you know, your pre, pre, pre-pregnancy body. Um, but there's a huge amount of benefits, but like you said, unfortunately, not, not, not every woman is in a position to do, to breastfeed. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing as well. You have to, when you're having a conversation like this, you can't just be like, Oh, well, breast is best. And like, we might think that from, again, a, a scientific perspective, but what do you do when you're like, well, I can't, the baby has a, a poor latch or, you know, it's a, like it's just it's just not happening for me my you know milk supply is just not sufficient for this child or maybe you have triplets or something i don't know like anything so yeah. many things can come up you know and um, but as we were saying it's like right well if we have the option here we're probably going to do some sort of breastfeeding like i ideally would like in a, a perfect world to be like right everyone can breastfeed for at least the first three to six months that would be fantastic you know like in some other cultures they're like yeah up to two years that seems a bit for me i'm like you know, if you see a toddler at two years, like, and I'd be like, that's, that's a bit weird. But maybe that's just what we've done in our society, our culture. It's like, that's all oh, that's, that's a bit weird, you know, some Victorian era ideals of like, you know, nudity outside or whatever. I don't know. But either way, we're like, OK, for this first six months, that would be fantastic. We could breastfeed. But again, it's not always possible. Right. Um, is there anything else on our list here to just recap on, you know, breastfeeding? Well, we should probably just further go into just what you were saying about uh the different food selection like yeah. yeah it's great for the child in terms of oh yeah look you get these different foods potentially that's going to lead to a better or a, a, a wider palate enjoyment for them they might enjoy different foods or whatever which obviously makes like if anyone who has had children uh, or <laughs> interacted with children you know that like <laughs> feeding can be quite hard they're like oh, i don't like this they just want basically like chicken nuggets and chips or something like that you know um so if you want to make your life easier eating a variety of foods when you're breastfeeding could potentially do that because they've basically been exposed to some of these now again it's not like this is like the most uh conclusive most fantastic research but you know there's some evidence there to suggest that and again if we're thinking about it forgetting about the potential benefits there if we're thinking about it from the the mother's perspective like you want to get more nutrients in now again that can be excessive but you want to get a, a wide variety of foods in so that you're enjoying the diet but also so that you are getting a wide variety of nutrients in because you've just been through a traumatic experience you've been through an experience that required a lot of your body like again you just grew a human you know and so you want to replenish some of those nutrients you want to especially if we're thinking okay, maybe I want to have another child in, like, I know in, in Ireland, like, they'll often have children, like, Irish twins, where they have a child, like, a year later, <laughs> but, like, you know, it's, like, if we're having children, again, in the, in the very near future, like, in my family, like, we're basically all two years apart, you know, and um, so if you're thinking about that, you know, you want to be going, okay, I need to make sure that I'm prepared for the next pregnancy, you know, and that's something that you kind of need to start in the the postpartum period especially if you are going to have children relatively close together because this happens quite frequently in, in this day and age especially not like you know a year not like you know irish twins or whatever um but if they're having them like every two years like that's actually in the grand scheme of things a very short time frame and this does happen a lot in this day and age because you know women these days will be having children and they'll be like 32 or something you know and they're thinking like look in the next few years i might not be able to have more children and i want to have i know well let's just say three children you know and if you're 32 you're kind of going okay well every two years assuming that it's like at the end of that you're kind of going I, this this might i might be actually like 38 or something here and i might not actually be able to so we have to be thinking about that stuff and we just have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the best position to be able to have those children in the future but also we want to support those pregnancies we want to make sure that we're giving the nutrients to the child so we want to be thinking in that postpartum period initially okay how do i actually just refuel how do i make sure i replenish all of the food or that's it's way bad way of thinking about it but all the nutrients that i've lost now of course a lot of these are water soluble it's not like you can store them for long term but some of the things you know you do have an increased requirement for them. So from your own health perspective, 
you know, we want to focus on just a nutrient dense diet in, in general, but then again, some of them are fat soluble. Some of them can be stored for later term or, or, or later uh, use. So we do want to be focusing on that nutrient dense diet. And again, if it helps the child, it helps you down the line where your child is like, yeah, actually I like all these different foods, happy days. It's a win-win. And then there are just a few other things that we were, we did touch on in terms of like caffeine intake, if you're breastfeeding and stuff like that's, you know, unfortunately it's not a, not something that we can be going, Oh yeah, I just have like 600 milligrams of caffeine. Like it's still being transferred to, to the child. Same with alcohol to an extent. And that's, again, it's not to say like, Oh, I, I can never drink alcohol or whatever. Like I know some people do that where they, they, they time their alcohol where they're like, Oh, I'm going to like yeah. breast milk. And then I'm going to basically like, you know, put it in the fridge or whatever. And then I'm going to have my alcohol. So, you know, it's out of my system by the next time I'm breastfeeding or whatever. Like, so there are ways around that, but again, it is one of those things where you just have to do a bit of planning because, you know, if you do drink alcohol, that's going to your child <laughs> if you're breastfeeding. Um, is there anything else on the breastfeeding side of things that you want to bring up? Um, I, think, because, I, think huh? that, I think that covers most of it, yeah. Cool. And then I think we, we covered all on the, the nutrition side of things that I didn't necessarily want to cover. Because, again, we, we covered it before. Again, yeah. talking about the fat loss stuff, because that is the thing that people really do focus on we're just basically making sure that we're supporting the body. We're not thinking I need to get my pre-pregnancy body back again. That can be a thought process. That could be a helpful thought process for some people, but for the vast majority of people, we're just thinking, okay, I want to support my body. I want to, you know, nourish my body. Like it's going to, you know, quote unquote, bounce back to some degree, even without intervention, you know, like you're going to have, like basically again you've just grown this human it, your abdomen is going to shrink over time like it's it is somewhat elastic i suppose you would say um it's going to shrink over time without you doing much <laughs> so you don't have to be thinking like oh one week postpartum look at my tummy it's all you know it's kind of saggy or whatever it's like yeah like that that's completely normal like it's basically like a deflated balloon here because you just you just had a child <laughs> you know it, it's going to go back to no, the way it was you know in no time right and um, so anyway let's move on to training after pregnancy because i think this is where people have a lot more questions because again as we said you know they've probably been managing their nutrition beforehand they have a somewhat of an idea of this but the training side of things they might have been managing everything but now it's all changed they're like okay well do i just go back to the exercises i was doing before pregnancy i don't have this you know bump to worry about can i go back to doing like hip thrusts or like they have questions like when should they go back again we were just talking about you basically had this like traumatic experience and um, again for some people it might be more or less but either way you've still had you know, trauma to some degree and um, because you've had this pregnancy for for nine months you've been carrying the baby around you've been doing all the stuff do we just go straight back in do we just go right you know i just popped out that baby three days ago let's go back in the gym back doing my deadlifts back doing my squats doing whatever what's the story there yeah. So the thing is with training after pregnancy, the guidelines and the advice is pretty terrible, you know, and, and it's really hard to navigate for, for, for a lot of women. And the thing is, it's really looking at, you know, where, where you were kind of pre-pregnancy, where you were during pregnancy um, and where you kind of want to go with training afterwards. So just say it, it's going to be very different for a woman who um, has never trained before. Um, someone who um, was, you know, kind of in the gym five days a week before pregnancy, maybe they weren't at all during pregnancy and want to get back into it after. Or someone who was active before pregnancy, active during it um, and, you know, had a pretty, you know, unstressful, um, you know, pregnancy as well. Um, so it really to kind of depends kind of where they are currently and, 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 and where they're, where they're coming from their, their training level. Um, so there is this kind of, you know, six weeks myth, um, that a lot of women, um, you know, we're told kind of after six weeks, you should be cleared to, to start kind of, you know, training again. Um, but again, it's really about kind of assessing kind of where, where, where the woman is. So, you know, was it, was it something that, 
that um you know they might have had a, an extremely kind of stressful um you know physical like birth there might have been you know a fractured tailbone there might have been um some kind of tearing kind of damaged muscles nerves tissues etc um you're looking at kind of what age the woman is um their training age beforehand um how many babies they've had the type of birth that it was whether a c-section or a vaginal birth that's going to have you know completely different impact on, on how they return to training afterwards um do they have any symptoms of um, pelvic floor dysfunction um etc so you really need to kind of take all of these different things you know into account um but before we even kind of get into that for for a woman who was already training um and as someone who's just kind of looking to get back into it um even for a woman who hasn't trained trained before maybe they weren't a, a very doing much physical activity before extra before um pregnancy during pregnancy and um, there still are a number of benefits to um even kind of starting kind of a low level kind of physical activity you know postpartum um you know whether that's kind of improved mood kind of well-being and um, it can be a hugely stressful time for a lot of women and we know that the, the rates of postpartum depression are, are huge um, and having some kind of physical activity, um, you know, can be really good, you know, adjunct to um, other therapies. So you're looking at improved mood, well-being, you know, kind of blood pressure, you know, cardiovascular um, improvements, your bone mineral density um, improve. A lot of women will experience kind of back pain, kind of low back pain, kind of pelvic pain. Um, kind of small amounts of physical activity can improve those sorts of symptoms. And particularly women who might have had gestational diabetes, you know, exercise can improve blood sugar and that can, um, you know, help kind of prevent the progression onto type two diabetes later in life. And then you're looking at improved kind of sleep quality duration, which is the same for the general population as well. Um, so there are, you know, a number of benefits for physical activity, not just for a woman who is already training. So just to just as an aside, just just to mention. Yeah, and that. also on that as well, like I know people often think, oh, I'm going to use this exercise to like, again, get the pre-pregnancy body back, get all that kind of, you know, I want to tone up or whatever. But we don't want to just view exercise from that perspective. We're not just using it as a tool to change our, you know, yeah. aesthetics, I suppose you would call it the, the, the look of our body, you know, we're using it as a tool to promote health. Right. And um, so, because this can kind of play on some people's minds where it's like they'll either do one of two ways. They'll either go, Oh, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to really try to change my body. I'm unhappy with the way it looks now after the pregnancy, I'm going to go all in. I'm doing like, you know, bodybuilding, whatever. Right. And then you have other people that kind of go into it with the perspective of, well, I'm not really trying to change my body at the moment because I'm just like respecting. I just had you know, pregnancy, still dealing with the child, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just not going to go to the gym because, you know, I'm not, I'm not actively trying to change my body at the moment, you know, and both of them are probably, you know, not great perspectives. We just want to use exercise as a tool to promote overall health. And again, we've talked about the, the health benefits of exercise ad nauseum on the podcast. So it's not like, you know, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know that we're big proponents of exercise for the myriad of health benefits. Um, but, you know, it is one of those things where this is a relatively simple intervention you can do to get a huge, huge amount of benefits. Now, obviously, the hard thing with pregnancy and postpartum period and just in general when you have kids is there are a lot more potential barriers to actually getting exercise in, you know, for example, like if you're like a, a single mother, for example, and you don't really have a huge social support network, you could just be like, right, well, I can't spend an hour in the gym. I can't, I can't go to the gym three, four or five days per week because who's going to mind the child or the children, you know, and that obviously is a huge barrier. And this is why we're not so fixed on the actual modality in terms of like, oh, you know, you must be in the gym, you must do whatever we just want to encourage exercise, you know, movement in general, like you can get a phenomenal workout at home, you know, now you might not have the overall time to do that because that is obviously one of the limiting factors in terms of, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day, but that doesn't mean that we all have the same 24 hours, you know? So you might not have the time. There are going to be potential barriers to actually getting exercise in fitting it into your week. However, it does have a huge amount of health benefits, especially again, if we're talking about there's, there is this huge, we'll call it information transfer. If you're breastfeeding to the child, 
And, you know, that's exercise plays into that, right? But also in terms of your overall health, your overall ability to be the, I'm going to say best mother you can. Like, as I always say to people, I'm like, you're probably not your best self if you're hungry, you know? Like, you're probably not your best self if you're not exercising as well. Like, you, you know, you're just unfortunately not like humans were designed to eat a certain way you know and we're designed to exercise you know we're like movement came before thought right it's like you should be moving in some degree again doesn't have to be you know this you know oh this is the ideal way of human movement or whatever like i'm talking you could go for a few walks you know that you can get some activity in we just want to encourage the body to move to actually you know do the thing that it was kind of designed to do yeah, absolutely. And, and and it's one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's just looking at kind of where you're at um, and kind of where you want to go. And I know probably for a lot of women who listen to the podcast, they're probably people who are, you know, really into their training, like just say for myself, if um, you know, I suppose when, you know, whenever I have kids kind of going from going to the gym, focusing on strength training a couple times a week to having to step back from that um, is something that, that that's going to be difficult. And, um, you know, so particularly for women that are kind of, um, you know, training a lot, it can be a huge life change um, and having to it's, it's about not trying to jump back into that, you know, so too quickly. So there is kind of, you know, a, a framework kind of laid out. And um, like I said, the guidelines are generally terrible, um, but there are kind of a number of things to, to consider. And that's kind of a whole systems approach, kind of taking kind of biopsychosocial model. Um, and then there's a number of things that, that we need to consider. So, um, you know, like we were saying, so any kind of childbirth related trauma, whether that's, you know, kind of abdominal wall dysfunction, pelvic floor dysfunction and um, post-traumatic stress and those kind of things i think we're going to go into a little bit deeper later um but those are things that you need to consider so someone you know um who has pelvic floor dysfunction versus doesn't and they're going to have a different kind of return to exercise um you know than each other's um someone with mental health difficulties like you're thinking about kind of breast health someone who's breastfeeding if there's any issues there um energy balance as well as someone kind of you know under eating um for the amount that they're they're expending you know kind of with the baby with breastfeeding etc um you're looking at psychological well-being you know like we said kind of both postpartum depression is huge you know baby blues etc um fear of movement is another big thing with with a lot of women as well they again might be having that kind of you know kind of pelvic or lumbosacral pain um and just you know again movement might just be something that they kind of don't want to go near kind of at the minute and then obviously sleep disturbance is a huge one um for 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 new mothers as well um so there is kind of a rough um framework called kind of the six r's um so and that's kind of to guide the return um to um exercise kind of postpartum and so the, the first one, the first or is kind of ready. So kind of early kind of postpartum. And that's trying to maintain some kind of exercise kind of throughout pregnancy, obviously, where it's kind of safe to do so. And that's just trying to kind of optimize the postpartum recovery. So again, that's for people that were in a position to maintain some sort of activity level kind of during um, pregnancy. Um, so that's kind of the first kind of, you know, six, six weeks or so. And then after that, you've kind of hit that six weeks mark where people think that it's, you know, grand to, to exercise exercise that's generally kind of the the guideline um but here it's when you really need to kind of review and kind of evaluate the woman so if there's any musculoskeletal concerns um you know like we were saying any of the abdominal wall issues and um, pelvic floor um dysfunction kind of any rehabilitation needs you know in, in that regard um or anything else that we were saying we we're talking about the sleep the fear of movement the psychological well-being um so here even though it's the point where people have deemed kind of safe to return to exercise exercise if someone's experiencing you know kind of urinary fecal incontinence that you know on running on any kind of movement again this is the point where you kind of need to stop take stock and say okay where where, where do we need to to go in here so that's checking in with again with a pelvic health physio checking in with a kind of gp another practitioner and not just saying okay i'm at my six week mark i'm going to go for a 5k run um so a, a lot of people will kind of you know ignore a lot of these issues and say no i should be able to to return to exercise but actually it's about kind of screening um you know for all these um all these different symptoms um, so after that, you're looking for kind of more of like a kind of a graded exposure kind of so about the so the third or then restore. 
um, for about kind of six, um, eight to 16 weeks. Um, so again, kind of a graded exposure to going back to training um, and returning to a more of a, you know, a structured training program. Um, and again, that's also dependent on symptoms. Like a lot of women may remain kind of asymptomatic, you know, up until that point. And that's when they might be experiencing kind of pelvic floor dysfunction um, or, or whatever. Um, then the next or kind of reconditioning kind of, you know, um, 16 plus weeks. And again, maybe that's adding in kind of more load into the training um, and then kind of more um, specific, you know, training, whether that's kind of strength training and um, whether that's kind of more training towards kind of long distance kind of running. Um, and then after that kind of um, return. So again, just kind of bringing up the ante of the training um, and then refine. So bringing in kind of the whole kind of return to kind of full um, um, level training um, but again that is that is completely dependent on the woman um, and there are a number of issues that we can that we can run into so like we were saying um, if, if there's anything that you want to add to that body actually no, I literally just think of it as like that first six to eight weeks you're just kind of generally moving around we're just generally thinking okay we're going to respect the body then after that you're doing some sort of you know we'll call it like general physical preparedness it's not all, like overly specific we're just doing some maybe cardiovascular work we're doing some you know maybe some resistance training but it's not like oh i'm going to go into this you know big like bodybuilding program or this new crossfit program or whatever it's just like i'm just going to generally move i'm not really trying to push progressions on anything i'm just you know getting the body moving i'm enjoying myself there's no pressure to oh, i need to be doing x y and z it's just general physical preparedness, you know, like if you think of it, like, you know, uh, like if you're a sporting athlete, it's like, okay, well, there's a, a period of time where, yeah, you want to stay fit. You want to just you know, keep the body taking over, but it's not really the, the preseason. It's not like, oh, I'm not preparing before the, the season starts or whatever. It's just, okay, I have six weeks off here or whatever. You're like, I'm just keeping the body going. I'm just keeping things ticking over. That's kind of what we're thinking here. We're just going, we're just getting back into exercise in a more, you know, slightly more vigorous way than maybe we were doing in the last like whatever three months of pregnancy so i'm just just enjoying training just getting the body moving nothing too much and then after that we can slowly start ramping things up in a more specific way towards the actual individual's goals and then also towards you know whatever needs to be done whatever needs to be addressed yeah exactly so like i said like really kind of you know kind of screening for those kind of like like we we're saying pelvic floor dysfunction there's a lot of you know kind of questionnaires online there are apps that can help like ideally you know people would have like every woman should have um a, you know a pelvic health physio kind of you know postpartum um you know you know particularly in ireland you know there's not everyone has access to that for kind of a number of reasons there's really not that many of them and obviously it's it's um you know something you'd have to pay for as well um, yeah, i don't know why that's not part of you know how, like in ireland we have all the like oh here's all the like yes you do your six-week check and you do all these different checks for the baby and everything and whatever i'm like why is this not even like even just a like a consultation you know maybe in the six-week mark or whatever it's like surely there's enough people you know i don't think it's on the nhs as well i don't think they do uh either you know but i'm like this is this is just such a such an issue first of all but it's also such a thing that it's like this could actually be like treated you know like well not everything but like you know these things we can like right there's a lot of stuff that we can do and if you get a pelvic floor examination you have a pelvic floor specialist to talk to a lot of these issues can be prevented like you see people and i know like you know women or whatever that you know i've had pregnancy and they're like oh like i still get like some incontinence or whatever and they're like you're like three years post-pregnancy it's like there's stuff that we can do here it might not like fix everything completely whatever but we can be working on things you know yeah. Um, so yeah i don't know why it's not part of the, yeah, the process it, I, I don't know about the uk but it, it, it's definitely not here and like i said there's just not 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 enough of them like you know i'm, I'm down the the hospital here in waterford and i was talking to a woman about this and i was like you know have you considered a pelvic health physio and she's like there is none in waterford it's like it doesn't you know doesn't exist and and again it, it's just a, you know a pity hearing kind of you know a woman in in their 40s um, that doesn't have access to that, you know, um, and, you know, more so um, because this is so common in a lot of women that they kind of think that it's normal, but just because mm. it, 
you know, it's common. It, do, it doesn't mean that it's normal. And it was the biggest issue as well that, that I have that. And a lot of women decide not to do anything about it, which is, which is their right. And, that, and that's fine. And they're fine with a you know, a little bit of maybe, you know, incontinence every now and again, but it's for the women who, you know, it's a barrier for them to do a lot of things. And I think that that's kind of the biggest issue with it, that it'll stop participation once again, you know, kind of in the gym, in training, um, which is what, what I find kind of the, the, the biggest um, issue with. And a lot of women as well, um, like I'd say, if you were to, you know, do a survey on a lot of women, my age probably don't know what the pelvic floor is, you know, um, we all hear about maybe like Kegel exercises, but no one really, you know, it, it's just not, it's not something that um, is kind of common knowledge. Again, it's one of those things that's kind of taboo where, where, where it shouldn't be. Don't talk um, about that. Don't do, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's a, it, again, it's just, it's just something, oh yeah. Like, because everyone, you know, over the age of 50 is getting, you know, incontinence or whatever that it's, that it's normal and it's not. So that, that, that's one of the biggest things, but there's, I suppose, you know, if, if you are, um, self-screening for, for, um, a lot of these things, like we're talking about graded exposure, but there, you know, like I said, there are, there are apps, there are kind of, you know, things that you can use. So whether it's doing, you know, um, you know, kind of a 30 second, uh, run test or fast walk test, whether it's kind of hopping on one leg, you know, for kind of 10 reps and there are ways that you can kind of, um, screen yourself. It's obviously not ideal. Um, but there are, like I said, there, there is, there is, you know, information out there that, that you can use for that instead of being like, okay, I'll just go for like a 10 minute run now and see what happens, you know, um, you know, take, take, take things slow and kind of, you know, be, be easy on yourself. 100%. So what issues potentially are we looking at in the, the postpartum period? Like obviously we just touched on a good bit of like, you know, pelvic floor dysfunction. We might touch on some more, but, um, (laughs) what, what other, things are we looking at because this is again this is probably one of the bigger barriers right if you're just going oh i had a completely uh you know lovely pregnancy uh, perfectly like fine postpartum period i just got back into exercise you know i just just did it there was no issues like obviously we're not that's not everyone <laughs> a lot of people have specific issues either throughout the pregnancy perhaps again like they maybe had like a, a c-section or something or you know there's specific issues that they're dealing with through the whole pregnancy postpartum you know period and that's preventing them from exercising or perhaps needs a more like specific approach to deal with but what are we actually looking at what 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 are common like you know musculoskeletal issues that can occur in this kind of postpartum period yeah sure look let's get the pelvic floor out of the way let's talk let's let's just keep going (laughs) so i I should actually explain kind of what what the the pelvic floor is so it's, it's kind of it's made up of a, a connection of kind of muscles and um, connection, uh, connect, connective tissue, I should say. And it forms sort of a, like a sling um, or a hammock across the base of the pelvis. And I suppose it's what kind of keeps all your kind of like your kind of your, the vagina, the urethra, um, all the kind of, you know, pelvic floor kind of organs um, kind of in, in place and it, and it supports them. So it, it'll help prevent things like, you know, kind of urinary incontinence, um, fecal incontinence, kind of to help stabilize kind of the, the pelvis the spine um, and it supports um the, i suppose the baby kind of during during childbirth as well um so it it, it there's a lot of um kind of risk factors for why there might be um pelvic floor dysfunction again like we're talking about age um you know we're talking about um childbirth we're talking about the, the amount of children someone has had um if there's been kind of twins triplets you're kind of more at risk of, of pelvic floor um dysfunction as well um if someone's had um an equipment assisted you know birth with if they, there is a a delivery with forceps um whether there was like a uh you know a vaginal tear or episiotomy um whether there was a fracture some women can you know unfortunately fracture um you know their pelvis during childbirth which sounds incredibly painful which is, sounds just dreadful <laughs> to be honest um so you know um you know incontinence is, is, is one of the big things and again you're looking at either kind of um you know a pelvic health physio pelvic floor training and even kind of you know lifestyle modifications so whether that's you know your 
uh, like water intake, you know, you know, that sort of thing, making sure you're not kind of more having little and often rather than kind of loading yourself with, with water throughout the day. Um, then you're looking at, you know, kind of modifying exercises, modifying programming. Again, with, with all of these different issues, we could get into the nitty gritty here of how you would modify exercises. But again, that'd be incredibly boring. Um, and it's just something that, you know, again, is just, you know, based on, on, the, on the individual. Um, but there's lots of ways that you can modify exercises and programming to help help either kind of lessen the symptoms or so just that they don't have happen while, while you're exercising as well. Um, so um, pelvic pain is, is another issue and um, particularly during kind of if, if, if a woman's had like a C-section. Um, so you'll find kind of, you know, kind of bending, kind of lifting, you know, all of that, that, that sort of thing may, may be painful and again that that scar has to heal to a certain amount before someone can even get back in into training um they might have other kind of bladder pain from you know um uti or if there was you know a catheter inserted kind of during the c-section um pelvic or organ prolapse is, is another kind of a big one um that can um happen in up to 80 percent of women they might be asymptomatic from it um and it might self-resolve um but that happens when you know the kind of connection tissue that we were talking about that kind of um, supports the internal organs um, when that kind of um, support is kind of insufficient um, and those organs can kind of descend in, in, into into the pelvis again you're looking at kind of exercise modifications um, you're looking at kind of you know breathing exercises making sure a woman's not kind of bearing down too much or just holding their breath through exercises you're trying to avoid kind of high impact heavy loaded um, that sort of thing. Again, it's all kind of, you know, you know, individual based. Yeah, well, we were saying, in, I think it was, yeah, I think it was the last one where you're doing that kind of Valsalva maneuver. We don't want to be in that like extreme Valsalva where we're like, <gasps> and like really intense. It's like that. We kind of want to avoid that. You still obviously do need to brace. Like we're not saying like, oh, you yeah, just go in completely like a noodle. Like that's not what we're saying either. It's like, we do need to brace, but we're trying to avoid that like extreme brace, that extreme, like I'm trying to like fill my uh, abdomen if you will exactly so it, it's just about modifying it and again just kind of relearning that breath I mean if there's one thing that you're doing kind of in the recovery period when you haven't really gotten back into exercise yet um, is just trying to connect to your breath um, kind of in a way again that you're not just like holding your breath and kind of bearing down um, mm. increasing that intra-abdominal pressure and um, so that's one of those kind of um, you know small things that's actually going to make one of the biggest difference kind of in the end um, so you know talking about kind of the, the C-section in particular, like we said, this needs to be a certain amount of time kind of for that, that scar to heal. Um, but what we forget as well is that this is like a, like a major abdominal surgery. <laughs> You know, like you're cutting through muscle, you're cutting through fascia, um, you know, you're kind of removing the bladder, like sort of putting stuff back in, you're taking a baby out. Um, it takes a while to to, to recover for, from from this sort of thing. Um, you know, there can be a lot of pain, um, obviously reduced mobility. I mean, it's a disaster if, if that if that scar gets an infection. Um, so, again, thinking about um, that kind of breath connection, thinking about gentle exercises. Um, and what we say is, you know, even exercises where you're kind of just gently kind of moving, you know, your kind of your arms above your head, kind of lengthening out the legs. And again, just trying to actually desensitize that area kind of, you know, around around, around the scar um, so that it's not as painful when you kind of fully um, return to, to exercise as well. So gradually kind of strengthening um, that area, again, kind of monitoring um, for symptoms as well as important. And um, what you'll find as well with a lot of women with that have had a C-section, you might find that their, their, their posture is a little bit worse. Again, if you think about it, you have this big scar across your abdomen, you might find yourself, you're hunched over a little bit more, maybe from breastfeeding, maybe from walking. So again, maybe focusing on some kind of postural exercises. And again, you can see that a lot as well. Cause you know, you see people, first of all, they, during the pregnancy, maybe they had a, a big bump. So they're in this very like anterior anteriorly tilted like pelvic position then maybe they have a c-section and they're kind of like oh i'm kind of crunched over and maybe they're also carrying the baby on one side so their hip is pushed out to one yeah. side because that's what everyone does you know and it's like all of these things like they're they're not issues like the human body is meant to move in a, a million and one different ways but yeah. if we're just constantly doing it in one way like 
we, we potentially run into issues as a result of just doing it that one way. So again, you might want to do some like postural exercises. You might want to do even just like, okay, well, let's actually sit in a normal position here for a while. So we can even just strengthen some of those muscles in a seated position. It doesn't have to be like, I'm in yeah. the gym and I'm working on whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. So, and that's the thing. And, and a lot of these things, you know, like, you know, the next thing I'm going to talk about is like kind of neck and upper back pain. And again, again, you're looking at kind of, you know, postural advice, you're looking at kind of strengthening, stretching exercises, kind of joint mobilization. And again, like neck and upper back pain can kind of be a lot linked in with stress. And I know when we're going through a lot of this stuff, it can seem really soft. And you're like, here, I was lifting, you know, 150 kg in the gym. And now you're telling me about postural exercises. But it, it is kind of one of those things that, you know, you kind of you will get back to that. But you need to have these smaller things in place as well that like, if, if you're a really advanced, in the gym but you've completely forgotten about you know the small stuff like your breath like you know the fact that you're you know your your shoulders are up to your ears the whole time it, it's you're going to find it harder to get back to that point so kind of you know don't think you're you're, you're too good for, for for the for the smaller things you know because though these kind of smaller changes again will, will kind of snowball into into bigger ones and will put you in a better position to get stronger faster so yeah. and like there is no like perfect posture because i know whenever yeah, people absolutely are, absolutely you, know, yeah. you should be you should be doing this like stand up straight with your shoulders back type of thing and it's like yeah like there's probably better or worse postures however that's just we're talking to a general population here right we're just talking yeah. oh there's better or worse postures to be in right but if we're talking about an issue that has been brought about because of a known thing that we've done whether it's again due to the pregnancy whether it's due to again the the post part of maybe you had again c-section maybe whatever you're you're holding the baby whatever like if we know that there's a thing that's causing this and now we have pain as a result of this and we can't get rid of maybe the uh the thing that's causing it like you're not going to go oh sorry not carrying the baby anymore <laughs> or sorry i wish i could just not get the c-section or whatever it is like yeah. we still have to then come in with you know potentially postural correction exercises i suppose you'd call them but even just having an awareness of oh well, this is probably a better posture to be in. This is the posture that I was in like pre-pregnancy. Like when we're talking about getting our pre-pregnancy body back, it's like, oh, this is what we should really be talking about. Like, let's get the function back that we used to have. So we're no longer in pain. But I do want to just reiterate that there is no perfect posture. So don't be like, oh, I have to be, uh, I have to be doing this, you know, whatever. I should be sitting like this and I should be standing like that. Like, yeah, you want to be comfortable. But if we are experiencing pain as a result of the way our body is moving currently, then we're going to have to come up with new strategies for our overall posture, which usually involves some sort of postural correction. And I'm not talking about like, you know, manual manipulations or anything, but I'm talking about like, we actually need to strengthen the body. We need to effectively quote unquote, relearn how to do, you know, this posture. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I mean when I say postural advice isn't like, you know, walk around kind of with your, your back straight, but I definitely be someone if I'm a little bit stressed, my shoulders are up to my ears for about 24 hours. So it's, it's kind of just about kind of tuning into your body. And even if it's kind of taking kind of five minutes out for just kind of again just just moving your body kind of joint mobilization just to kind of again just kind of break that bit of a, a stress cycle from from your body just not staying again kind of hunched over for 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 too long um but yeah that's so kind of neck upper back pain um and again the, these are things to just think about like if you know if, if a client's you know re returning to exercise as well it's that you know someone who like we can think like let's just kind of get them back into training kind of quickly but these are kind of smaller things that they that they might be suffering kind of a lot with um so neck and upper back pain you know is, is a big one again you're going from you know not holding anything to maybe holding a baby um you know so you it, again that, that that'll tie in there again kind of lumbar pelvic pain is another big one um and kind of up to 50% of women might kind of experience that kind of low back kind of pelvic girdle pain um and again like we were saying that's from you know you're now kind of picking up a kid you're running around after them you're kind of you know moving around the house a lot more um it can also be more of a kind of a psychological thing um definitely and even kind of like sleep deprivation might kind of play into this as well um so I think kind of this is kind of multifactorial and will kind of resolve for, for a lot of women, but a lot of them will have this kind of chronic pain. Um, and again, you're just you're just looking at kind of increasing kind of, you know, muscle strength function, looking at, you know, um, kind of strengthening exercises for the lower limb, for the back and as well. Um, focusing on you know kind of stress relieving strategies as well um, and just trying to you know kind of i suppose help them kind of get over this 
you know, huge kind of stressful event that's happened in their lives. 100%. It doesn't have to be huge and stressful, but in general, there's there's going to be some degree of stress involved. You know, there's going to be some degree for, and this is why I said, like, I'm like, there's a variety of things that can go wrong. That doesn't mean that things will go wrong. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean like for everyone that they're going to experience all of these things. I'm sure, I'm sure there is one unlucky fucker out there that got everything on the list. Exactly. And this, so, but that's the thing to notice. Some women absolutely fly through pregnancy I mean if you were to ask my mom she's like barely even knew it was fine you know it, it just completely it completely depends um but I suppose that highlighting these things is more so just for the women who are suffering with this and maybe need to kind of hear like actually yeah no I'm kind of not alone yeah. so oh, I always it's not all doom it's definitely not all doom and gloom <laughs> yeah like I always troll my sister like she has like seven or eight kids and uh I'm always saying to her I'm like yeah but you're like you're literally designed to do this it should be easy yeah. and she's like oh, there's so many things that go wrong it just triggers her so much and I, I literally I do it to trigger her because I don't actually do that I'm like it should be sure it's fucking easy it should be just like you know going to the toilet like it's like you're yeah. designed, designed to do this you know um but yes yeah, so like you're here for you know <laughs> Uh, but anyway, is there any other issues that potentially could uh, occur or we have to think about at least when we're talking about like a return to exercise or you know whatever yeah so actually one of the the kind of the biggest things is like uh, it's called like diastasis um recti which is essentially it, it's really like normal part of of pregnancy um but it's where like your your linea alba it, it kind of stretches to um accommodate that that kind of growing baby or that growing fetus so your um your abdominal muscles essentially like separate and it can cause this this bulging um and that's where you hear that kind of like you know like mummy tummy or whatever which i'm saying in inverted commas because it's kind of you know um a bit demeaning um but it, it's it's where they they kind of um you know widen um and stretch um, and you can kind of see this kind of um, doming. And so there's an increased distance, I suppose, kind of between kind of the, the kind of the, the rectus muscles. Um, and that's where you'll kind of see, see this, see this gap. Um, so the, the, there is a huge focus on that. And it's really common in, in, I think most women kind of will get that, but it will recover. Um, so it will just kind of naturally kind of shrink back, back together or in closer together. Um, but um, a lot recover quickly but up to kind of 50 percent can still have some separation or still have kind of quite you know mild or significant separation um up to kind of six months after um and it's and it's one of those things that it it's not only it, it we, we focus on the aesthetic kind of um, portion of it but it also means that there's a huge reduced kind of you know function kind of of the abdominal muscle if you weaker abdominal muscles maybe you're kind of having more back pain again you're still carrying around a baby um but we do we do focus a lot on the aesthetic aspect of it and, and it can be a huge um can be a huge issue for a lot of women because particularly when you kind of have that bulging it, it can actually make you still look like you're a little bit pregnant again which can be um you know worrying um for for um a lot of women um again it's something that like you know ideally you'd be seeing you know um a pelvic health um physiotherapist before um but kind of things that you want to do to um you know help i suppose with with, with the two kind of, to kind of shrink that back in you're looking at trying not to kind of overstrain the abdominal muscles um so things that will cause kind of that kind of you know doming um or bulging um so you're trying not to do kind of huge amounts of um you're not trying to kind of overstimulate those muscles too quickly so that's getting back into kind of heavy exercises too quickly um or a lot of kind of abdominal um exercises like crunches like raises so it is kind of watching out um, for that kind of um, you know bulging um, of of the muscles, um, you want to be looking at kind of starting with kind of low level exercise. And again, that this is relevant for the majority of women coming back into exercise. So, um, looking at um, lower level exercises that are kind of well supported, whether they're kind of in machines, kind of seated, um, and then kind of working your way up to kind of maybe more supine exercises, body weight exercises. Um, obviously, if you're if you're symptom free. Yeah. And again, this is one of those things where like, I wish you could just go to a personal trainer and go, Oh yeah, like I, I have this issue. Let's, you know, sort this out. But realistically, you know, uh, most personal trainers are not going to be able to go, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They might be able to understand how to modify exercises around it, or maybe potentially even help you with just, you know, the return to exercise. But 
in an ideal situation, we would go to some sort of physiotherapist for this, some yeah. sort of person that actually is qualified in dealing with, you know, the, the postpartum period, you know. Um, but as we've discussed, unfortunately, there's not always uh, that available. Um, so it is one of those things that, you know, if you do have issues, like it is important to bring it up with your, you know, healthcare providers, whether it's your doctor, nurses, whatever it is, because um, they might have resources that they can be like, okay, well, this is what the, you know, the NHS or the HSE or whatever says, says for this, maybe not on the diastasis rack directly. Um, but it is one of those things where you kind of have to be your best advocate or your, your own advocate and go, okay, well, I'm having this issue. Even if it is an aesthetic issue, you're just like, I'm just not really as happy with the way my, my abs are, are looking at the moment. Um, what can be done? You know, you might have to do your own research on this. And again, that's an unfortunate thing because there's a lot of crap information out there and you're going to be exposed to you know, God, God knows what, but it is one of those things that if you can find some good resources or you can ideally find someone to actually guide you through this, it is something that can be you know, rectified to some degree. Now, some people are just going to always have some sort of splitting, I suppose you would say, of the abs. It's just always going to be something that's there. Like there's like bodybuilders, like male bodybuilders that have it to some degree that you can see it. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's a, a huge issue for them. It doesn't mean that, oh, they're now experiencing like, you know, we'll call it abdominal dysfunction you know they might have the visuals of it but they've strengthened their abs in such a way that they're not experiencing any we'll call it negative side effects to it you know um but anyway is there anything else because look we've covered a, a lot in in this episode and as you said like we could go do a deep dive on any one of these specific specific like issues that we've brought up and realistically in future we probably will have some resources on our website and stuff where it's like right this is what we do in terms of, of this. Um, but right now, is there anything else that we should be thinking in this kind of postpartum period where you'd be like, okay, this is something to think about with training or even nutrition. Is there anything else that you want to bring up? So I, I suppose like we were saying, like the big thing is there, we've just kind of hit the, you know, the main points of things that could happen. Um, and there are, you know, like trainers that are qualified in, you know, kind of postpartum and you can go into all of these in a lot more detail um, and give a lot more kind of recommendations. Ideally, someone would see a pelvic health physio, um, but there, there are people that can help. It's not just like, hey, here's here's a load of issues that you might have. Like there are a little bit more kind of specific guidelines, but it is, I suppose, just kind of put them out there. But we, we would be here all day if we went through specific guidelines for 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 each kind of thing. And look, we, we very well might do that in future. You very well <laughs> might. <laughs> we very well could. Um, but for today, it's just kind of yeah, a general kind of overview of, of things that, you know, if you're a trainer, even, even to look out for kind of with a client, you know, without going into the specifics of, of each you know exercise that you could potentially do with someone with with with, with these issues yeah, 100%. Um, i think that that kind of covers covers most of it anyway yeah fantastic anyway look i'm going to wrap up the podcast here because look we again there's we could go in depth on some of these we could do a little bit more on them but i'd rather you know save that for future but i do want people to come away from this episode and think that it's not just oh, there's all these issues. I'm going to have all these barriers to exercise or all these things I need to be thinking about with nutrition and in this postpartum period. Like we didn't even cover any of it. Like we, we mentioned it in terms of like the, the biopsychosocial stuff, uh, but we didn't cover any of the you know things related to that. Um, but there are all these barriers, or I should say there could be all of these barriers to exercise or to good nutrition. And that's unfortunately just the case. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or whatever, if you can't exercise or oh, I'm doing my body a disservice or I'm doing my child a disservice or whatever. If you can't get fantastic, perfect nutrition, you can't get to the gym, you can't do whatever. Like the key with all of this stuff is to just try. It's just to try, do your best, whatever that actually looks like for you as an individual. Like, yeah, there are things that are I'll call them better or worse. Like I'm not going to advocate like, oh, you're addicted to, I don't know, meth or something. Be like, oh, just, just try not, not do it while you're breastfeeding. You know, it's like, ideally we're not doing that, <laughs> you know, but there are th other, some things where we're like, okay, you know, trying is probably not good enough. We, we need to just do, but for the vast majority of this stuff, like it is a case of, look, just do your best. You know, it's not like, like humans have been giving birth for thousands of years, you know? Um, so it's not like this is a, uh, an incredibly like 
astronomical task to to do it is something that requires a little bit of attention it is something that requires a little bit of like planning and, and foresight but it doesn't mean excuse me it doesn't mean that this can't be done you know it, it is something that has been done like you're you are here because it has been done you know however that doesn't mean that you as a specific individual or you know if you're a coach coaching people it doesn't mean that the person in front of you hasn't experienced or won't experience specific issues. Now, specific issues might require specific interventions or specific protocols or whatever. And that's kind of what this episode was about. It's just like, okay, there are things that can come up. You should be aware of them. There are potentially specific interventions that we can do for them. However, you may not be qualified to do them if you're a personal trainer, for example, right? And if you are an individual looking for information, again, you run the gamut of terrible to, you know, this is good to, you know, this is still bad, <laughs> you know? Um, so it, it can be hard to find good information. And again, this is why I would just suggest talking to your healthcare providers and yeah, okay. You're probably going to need to do some of your own research. You might be like, Oh, actually they mentioned X, Y, or Z in this episode. And that's actually something that I've been dealing with. I don't know. I didn't know that that was something that we could potentially work on. Right. Um, so Again, we're not saying that you know pregnancy or you know post-pregnancy is going to be hard or easy. It's going to be different for everyone, unfortunately. You know, well, I suppose fortunately. Um, and then also overcoming any of the issues that are potential barriers to you exercising or nutrition. That's going to look different for everyone. Like again, like you you just had a child. Like we're just talking about the the physiological or the physical stuff. Like again, you just had a child. Like we have to think about who's going to mind the child if you're going to go train or who's going to help you with the shopping or like anything's like that. You know, it's like there are a huge, huge amount of barriers that we're just effectively ignoring right here because obviously again this this podcast could go on for 20 hours if we were to cover every single minute detail which again we very well very may even speaking we very well might do that in the future right um but anyway uh unless you have anything else to conclude with nicola i'm gonna wrap it up nope sounds good sounds good fantastic anyway guys you know where to find us there you can literally look at the you know description box above below wherever it is on wherever you're watching this or listening to this and you can find links to all of our services you know we do offer coaching and um, nicola you are a uh, our uh, female health expert and um, so if people do have issues like you know they can talk to you nicola you can set up a consultation you can talk through this stuff with you and um, but also you do offer coaching as well so it's like right if you have this issue and you think okay this is something that i want to work on you know nicola is there to help that's that's why she's on the team you know um but we do have coaching spots available for other things as well you know whether it's you know body composition strength you know injury rehab like we have a very multi-faceted team you know and um, so if you have issues whether it's just even you want to work on your nutrition like we have nutritionists that can help you know and um, so all of that stuff again we have people on the team that can potentially help with the issues you have the only way you can find that out is either you go to our website look at all their different things that they have going on um or you know just get in contact you know we are uh you know normal humans like we don't bite they just we can talk and be like oh actually we don't help with this issue but i know someone that potentially does help with this issue and then we can just refer you on you know and um, other than that the best place to find us is uh, instagram this is where we do a lot of free content a lot of content just aimed at helping people understand you know various topics or just have a better idea of how to navigate the the health and fitness world because it can be you know quite crazy out there and we ideally hope to put out great information so if you want great information go to instagram follow triage method and you should find it and um, other than that you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening to or on youtube or whatever that really does help the the growth of our business and it really does make us record more of these episodes because we know okay people are actually listening to this stuff <laughs> you know and uh, if you do have the ability to like like share subscribe do all of those different things do it you know that would that would be sound and um, if you did enjoy this stuff and you're like all right actually i know someone that would benefit from this like just send them on send them the link to the podcast whether it's the youtube or you know spotify or whatever it is again that stuff does really help anyway guys i have nothing really else to add to that so we will see you in the next one